0: Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Tom Guinan, and I'd like to welcome you to the December 11th episode of the bull bear banter. Let's start with this week's market update. March corn futures ended at 4:23 and a half today, That's up two and a quarter today and up three week on week. December 2021 corn ended at 4,12 and a quarter, gaining 3 today and 2 for the week. January beans added seven and three quarters today to end at 11,60 and a half, losing two and a half this week. November soybean futures ended at 10,52 and 3 quarters. That's up six and three quarters today, and that's gaining 14 and a half for the week. It's kind of unusual to see new crop beans gain on old crop beans, Maybe the market's signaling the spread was getting too wide and it needs to encourage some more soybean acres this spring? We'll watch that and see. The big story this week is the December WASDE report that was issued by the USDA on Thursday. Even though most in the industry don't usually expect a lot of change in the December report, it felt like a letdown that there were no changes for corn and very small changes for soybeans. Even the information regarding South American crops was pretty much unchanged. For Brazil, there were no changes to either corn or soybean production estimates from last month. For Argentina, they reduced both corn and beans by 1 million metric tons, which equates to about 40 million bushels of corn and about 37 million bushels of soybeans. So not a lot of supply disruptions are expected, even though we've all been hearing about the drought there and La Nina for quite some time. The message I'm receiving is that even with the dryness there, it's still a little too early to pencil in major changes to production. It will all depend on how much rain they receive, when they receive it, and where they actually receive it. So, another item to keep an eye on over the next two to three months. With that, let's look at some of the other items impacting corn and soybean prices as we look at this week's bull bear factors. As far as bull factors for corn, we've got a pretty short list this week with corn prices not changing a whole lot. Export sales were close to the top end of expectations and reported at 53.6 million bushels versus 54 million the previous week. This week's sales did include 5.5 million bushels to China and another 16.6 million to unknown. The largest sales were to Mexico with almost 17 million. We've also seen some flash sales this week to Mexico, so our biggest export destination continues to need U.S. corn. Total commitments are now 1.56 billion bushels compared to 610 million at this point last year. Another thing to keep an eye on is the wheat prices, as Chicago March wheat gained 18 today and 39 cents this week. And I know there are some that like to follow oat prices because of that old saying, oats knows. March oats gained more than 30 cents this week and are up 46 and a half just this month. But let's put that in perspective. There were a total of 549 contracts traded today, compared with almost 96,000 contracts of March corn and 82,000 of March wheat. So let's just be careful putting too much stock into what oats are doing. On the bear side for corn, Thursday's WASDE report was a pretty big nothing burger for corn. While no changes were expected on the supply side, there were also no changes to demand anywhere. Many expected a slight increase to exports. Ending stocks remained just above 1.7 billion bushels. Export inspections were reported at 28.9 million bushels last week, which is just below the bottom end of expectations. This is also down quite a bit from the previous week and marks the lowest in four weeks. Cumulative totals are now 434 million bushels shipped, up almost 70% from last year's 258 million at this time. In order to meet the current annual estimate from the USDA, we'll need to see around 54 million bushels per week get shipped to reach that 2.65 billion bushel mark. Brazil's first corn crop is now estimated at 98% planted, surpassing 92% last year and 95% on average. Argentina's corn planting progress was estimated at 55% complete, which is pretty much on par with the 56% at this time last year and the five-year average. Even though U.S. ethanol production increased a little last week to 291 million gallons, up 5 million gallons from the previous week, it's still well below last year's 315 million for the same week. The other reason I am keeping it in the bear column is that ethanol inventory also increased last week by 35 million gallons and now stands at 927 million. This is the sixth week in a row of increasing stocks, growing by 104 million gallons in those six weeks, and it's now the highest level in six months. That increase is a direct response to reduced gasoline demand. Last week had demand at 7.6 million barrels per day, down from 7.973 the previous week and more than 14% below last year's 8.882 million. That 1.28 million barrel decline from last year equates to almost 54 million gallons. It made me wonder, what's the average miles per gallon in the U.S. for gasoline usage? So, I looked it up. In 2019, it hit a record of 25.1 miles per gallon. This means that as a country, we're driving 1.35 billion miles per day less than the same time last year. No wonder I haven't needed an oil change for a while. As far as bull factors for soybeans, export inspections for last week were reported at 84.4 million bushels, just above the top end of the expected range. Last week, I told you that weekly exports were 74.8 million, but that number has been revised to 89.1 million in this week's report. It's pretty common to see some minor revisions every week, but I question how they missed more than 14 million bushels. That's like missing six entire vessels of soybeans. 12.5 million of those bushels were bound for China, and I know they tend to watch those very closely, so it's a little confusing to see this. Regardless, the cumulative total is now 1.081 billion bushels versus 638 million at this point last year, or up almost 70%. Export sales were pretty much in the middle of the expected range, coming in at 20.9 million bushels last week. Cumulative sales are now 1.944 billion, or 196% of where we were at this same time last year when sales were 992 million bushels. As far as bear factors for soybeans, even though the USDA reduced ending stocks for soybeans from 190 million to 175 million, it was pretty much a disappointment for traders. The one change they did make was on the demand side by increasing domestic crush. No changes to exports. Brazil's soybean crop is said to be 89% planted compared with 91% last year and the five-year average also at 91%. Argentina's planting progress was estimated at 54% complete versus 55% last year at this time and 54% on average. So still moving along fairly well. I'm going to continue to highlight the inverse in soybean futures as well as cash prices. I do want you to keep paying attention to that new crop 2021 price as well especially with the action this week pushing cash values into the mid to upper 970s. As far as what to watch for in upcoming events, the Landis Annual Meeting will take place virtually on Monday, December the 14th at 4.30 p.m. There is still time to get registered, and the link can be found on the homepage of our website. And it's only two weeks until Christmas. I'm not really sure what to say beyond that. Maybe only three weeks until the end of 2020? And now for Tom's Take. Speaking of Christmas and New Year's, this week I saw something posted on a website and it made me think of everything that we've all been through in the last 12 months. It was attributed to C.S. Lewis and said, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. This made me think of a couple other things. The first is a line from one of my favorite songs that says, the times I thought were the end of the world didn't turn out so bad after all. I probably listen to that song more often than I would care to admit, but it puts it all into context for me. I've gotten through tough times before, the world didn't end, and I learned how to adapt. I am better for all of my life's experiences. The second thing I thought of was a saying that I keep on the bulletin board by my desk. It says, You either get bitter or you get better. It's that simple. You either take what has been dealt to you and allow it to make you a better person, or you allow it to tear you down. The choice does not belong to fate, it belongs to you. I really like that saying. Look, I know 2020 hasn't been easy for anyone. With COVID, drought, and derecho on top of all of the everyday normal stresses that we all face has really pushed everyone to the limit at some point or another this year. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've handled everything this year as well as I would have liked either. Things happen. Life happens. But I do think we have a choice. Take it one day at a time. Deal with the things the best way I can and move forward. Always moving forward. You're probably waiting for me to apply that to marketing grain. I don't think I'll do that this week. I'll let you draw your own conclusions and write the ending to this part yourself. As always, I appreciate you listening to the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like, you can send a tweet to Co-op or just drop an email to podcast at landiscooperative.com with any comments or question. Our tagline is Bears Make Money, Bulls Make Money, and Pigs Just Go to Market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area account manager. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with you next week.